Welcome, you guys. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Chloe Bellatori. I'm a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Um, I use the tools that I learned from Dr. Pat, which are called androgynous semantic realignment, uh, the tools of transactional analysis um, as created by Eric Byrne. And I use tools that I've created myself because I've been doing this work for over 10 years now. I've written three books on this work, um, all available on Amazon. The first one is How to Live, Find Love and Keep It. And that's really the basics. Um, it's a really good reference just to check things. And um, my second book is New Ways of Being, The Pain of Change, which is really about what happens once we start doing this work and how that affects us and how it can be sometimes unexpectedly painful because change is an inherently painful process, even change for the better. And I think that takes people by surprise a lot. And then <clears throat> they start making a change and then they want to stop because it's painful. Not understanding that there's productive pain, the pain that change is taking place already. And then there's the pain that change needs to take place. So I help people navigate between those two. And then my third book, Secrets to a Good Marriage, What is Love?, um, is about long-term relationships. I've been married 21 years. I found this work when I had been married for 10 years and it changed my life. Um, and it enabled me to save my marriage and my relationship. And so when I saw the miracles that it created, when I saw the effect that it could have on people, I really wanted to share it with other people. So that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, I do these meetups once a week. I also teach this work in smaller groups, uh, more intensively, just a few times a year. And in September, I'm going to be teaching my module one class, which is the introduction. And that's really based on my first book. Um, and then also my module two class, which is available to people who have graduated the module one class. Um, which is about navigating change. And I put those description, the description of that module one in the chat, because it's a really good opportunity for people to kind of hit the ground running with this work. We meet in a small group, you get to hear the theory, and then I work with each person. So you get to apply that theory really in the moment to your life. Um, and so it's really transformational like that. So I do that a few times a year. The last one is coming up um, for this year in September. And you can find more about that um, also on my website. Um, and there's links on my Instagram too, I think. So <clears throat> sign up for that if you are interested. And I also, of course, do private sessions with men, women, and teenagers and couples. So um, you can hit me up for that as well. And you can always reach out to me through my website. Um, that's probably the most reliable way, although I can sometimes see my messages on Meetup and uh, Instagram too. Oh, okay. The module description didn't work, Roll said. Well, let me see if I can copy it. 
Um, oops. Okay, so. Here it is. Okay. So what is this work? What are we talking about? I usually give a brief introduction and then I'm going to take your questions, which is my favorite part. And you can ask me anything about relationships, about work situations, about communication, uh, family relationships, your relationship with yourself, which ultimately is every relationship. Uh, my specialty is dating and relationships. But like I said, this work really translates to other areas of your life as well. So you'll start to see how this works. And if you're new, don't get too stressed out um, understanding everything. Sometimes it takes a while for things to sink in. So everything I'm going to talk about and teach you guys is based on established psychological and scientific principles. But the tools to execute on those principles are relatively new and innovative. That's what I really love about this work is that it's not just talking. I always give people homework. Um, it's very results oriented and action oriented, and it's all based around what you want. And that's all, that's what drives all this work. Um, and through using these tools and doing this work, you're really able to live a more balanced life, be in a more balanced relationship with yourself and with others. And balance is really the hallmark of healthy relationships, when we talk about problems in relationships, what we're often talking about is an imbalance in the energy. And since we live in a universe that's based in duality, it's really important for us to know how to bring balance to our lives, ourselves, and particularly our relationships, because the most successful relationships are the ones that are balanced between feminine and masculine energy. That's why I call my program Chloe's Consciousness Training, because the definition of consciousness, as according to Carl Jung, is that balance between feminine and masculine energy. Okay, so what is feminine and masculine energy? I want to reiterate that one is not better than the other. And sometimes I'll use the terms yin and yang because those are a little less charged in our society, right? Sometimes people bristle when you hear masculine and feminine. And I've had, definitely had people say, why does feminine have to be passive, patient, and vulnerable? You know, these are just the, this is just the language that we've grown up with. So basically feminine energy is passive, patient, and vulnerable. It is the right brain activity. So it's the world of feelings. It's the world of sensuality, sexuality, creativity. It is nonlinear thought. It is receiving energy. Um, feminine energy is spirituality. It's very much in the world to make it fun, but it's not of the world, right? It's like air. Like I like the metaphor of flowers for feminine energy. Um, then we have the left brain, right? This is the yang energy. And this is where most of us are in our yang energy when we're at work. This is competitive, conquering, controlling. This is the energy of ideas, of achievements, of doing things. Um, 
this is the world of thoughts and ideas. Um, it's giving, taking care of, nurturing. This is all masculine yang energy. Okay. And the metaphor for yang energy is often expressed as a brick. Yang energy is very much of the world. And so all of us have these two energies. If you have kind of equal balance of these two energies, you're what's called an alpha. And that may mean that your heart and head are constantly duking it out. That's where this work really comes in handy because it gives you a rubric for decision-making. Um, so that basically, that is what everything we're going to do tonight and talk about tonight are based on these principles of yin and yang or feminine and masculine energy. Now, oftentimes when we're children, particularly between the ages of zero to 12, we will get thrown out of our authentic energetic balance by childhood trauma, um, either trauma with a lowercase t or a capital T in this context doesn't matter as much as just acknowledging that being a child in a household is an inherently traumatic event simply because you're coming into a situation that has established rules and regulations that you don't really know about right it's like becoming it's like being an immigrant in a foreign country and so when you're especially when you're a small child you're very dependent on your parents and you often have to sacrifice some of your authenticity in favor of attaching to the parents and getting along with the people who own the refrigerator so in that process in so doing we often form survival conclusions that we think are existential truths but are actually just strategies of the moment and a lot of our problems in relationships stem from these survival conclusions when we take them out into our adult life and try to use them particularly in our most intimate relationships that's where we usually see the effects of childhood trauma show up first and so I help people kind of unwind what is known as their childhood scripting, which is the collection of these survival conclusions. I help people understand that and bring a ton of awareness to it so that they can change their patterns. And I do it with myself all the time as well, because um, we're all works in progress. Um and it takes a lot of repetition and it does take work, but it is definitely possible. The brain can change. We now know that the brain is plastic, like a number of other cells in the body, and it can um, change and even regenerate. So Freud was wrong about that. And there's a great book about that called The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Deutsch, which I could put in here. Um, if And it's, it deals a lot with stroke victims, but if you read it and look at it, you'll really understand what the process is when you're trying to change patterns or habits that are so deeply rooted, you know, which many of the ones that we've developed in childhood are. And anything that happens between the ages of zero and 12 just affects us more because it's happening during the critical development, so many critical development windows. So that's also what I help people with. Um, understanding that, 
breaking patterns, and really ending your own self-sabotage so that you can get the love that you want um, in your life. So that's my little spiel. And now I'll take your guys' questions. You can put them in the chat or you can raise your hand and then I'll unmute you. You guys know I also love to hear your updates. Um, And we all learn a lot from each other because we get to hear problems that are similar, which inevitably happens every week. Okay. Hi, Lee. Hey there, Chloe. How's it going? Good, thank you. How can I help you? Well, uh, I'm. I wanted to give you an update that last week I, I went out on a date. Right. Somebody. It was actually our second date. Um, this is someone that I've known in real life since April. So it's been about like four months I've known this person just in a, a certain group of people. It's not a karaoke thing at all. This person is not involved in the karaoke side. Okay. Um, known the known her for about four months, and I knew she liked me. And we went out a couple times last week, uh, and I feel like two things I want to share with you. But one is that she's like about fifty percent. I could tell it was like half. She's a good person. Um, there were things that were interesting, but there was a half other half that it was like, this is not, I don't think this is, I don't think it's quite, a, quite there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any more than that. I, I, so, but a couple things happened. I want to share Okay. and get your thoughts on. Um, one was the fact that a friend of mine, a guy friend of mine in the in this group. I, I really I don't like to talk bad about people. It's not my style to gossip or, you know, it's not my way at all. But it was happening with other people in the group. And I was able to discern, well, okay, I should probably backtrack just a little bit about two, a little over two years ago was kind of my last real girlfriend, I guess, that I dated for, I mean, not for very long, but it was the last, I guess, what I'd consider like a serious, sort of a serious relationship. And this person two years ago, not that it matters, but I guess it does in in the consequence of this new person I went out with last week. Mm -hmm. This this young lady from two years ago was visually impaired. Okay. Was this the woman that you had the date with? No, this was oh, two okay. years before. This I'm okay. just going back in time. Okay. The last person I really went out with for, you know, was this, she was blind. Mm-hmm. Well, I had shared this with the person I went out with. Uh, in person uh, before we went out on a date we were just in the group and hanging out and i'd shared this with her and then you know this gossip thing comes back and apparently I, I found out that even though she went out with me last week she thought that was really weird she thought lesser of me apparently because 
I went out with a visually a woman who was visually impaired. She huh. just said, that's really weird. Huh. And, I'm, and I'm thinking, why did you even go out with me? You know, I'm thinking, why? What? And so, so that was one. Okay, so you bumped on that. You didn't find that to be very compassionate. And they know you're what's really one of the things that you're really looking for is someone who's kind. That is a very important thing. And she was. Uh, okay. I think she was a good person. I don't think this was a bad person at all. Um, I just wasn't sure. It's like something was like half there, half not there. But, and I, I, I did what you have advised us to do, which is to never lead someone on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came straight up after the second date and I, I said, I think you're great. I, you know, wonderful person, but I, I'm sensing that maybe we're not quite a match. And, but I'd still like to be, you know, in touch and keep, you know, right. And that's when, the truth kind of came out about the, the, her concerns about that. She, and then she told me she had actually, was actually already seeing another guy. (laughs) So. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so I said, well, good for you. Good. I mean, that's good. I mean, sometimes that happens when you kind of let someone down, they're like, Oh, 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 wait, let me let you down first. (laughs) Well, that's Yes. So, so I guess the two things were, I was concerned that she, I'm sorry, airplane, sorry. Um, I was concerned. I was a little bit, I mean, I wanted, is it weird that I dated someone that was visually impaired two years ago? Is that strange? Is that going to freak women out? And number two, I decided I confronted my, my guy friend in the group over a, a few things that have happened where I'm sensing just the behavior, the gossip, in this group, I decided to distance myself from this group. And I, and, and it's, it's because it's, I just didn't feel like it's how I treat people. I just, I've tried for since April, I've been going to this other group. It's like a, it's like a happy hour type group. Uh And, And so I just, I chose to distance myself from it because of the gossip and just things that I don't, that just weren't going down well with me. And, you know, yeah, it's hard. I mean, that's you know, all I was going to say. Thanks. I there just was a thing that I saw that Jim Carrey said, which was, you know, I like people individually, but once they join a group, I don't like them anymore. And he said, including uh, myself, you know, uh, because uh, what kind of what takes over sometimes is that group think. And so you just have to be really wary of that. But that that is definitely a downside of groups is that sometimes a group think can take over that's you know not that friendly or supportive and then that becomes right. a problem and yeah. that's why the karaoke group is so different and that's why this group is so different good no it, it their behavior is very different karaoke is very supportive this group is very supportive and good. so i agree with you but is it weird that i went i mean is, is no that, i mean nothing you know nothing is, it- is inherently weird or off or anything you know that was her just one person's opinion right you right. know i don't okay. there's nothing weird about it you know one somebody else might think it was commendable or somebody else might have zero reaction to it you know yeah. in general i try and i recommend that you guys try not to judge things like that don't judge people don't should on people you know so it's 
I don't like the sound of you being shamed for doing something. And so maybe this woman isn't right because her communication isn't quite there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Possible. Mm-hmm. She's also more in the aggressive masculine, less the feminine, I think. Right. And you, um, you know, those women are, are drawn to you. You've had a number of aggressive women, um, you know, try to, scoop you up but i know you're wanting to be the masculine energy yeah and that's pretty much it i mean i i mean i i i don't know why i felt like i asking her out but i guess i felt like you know she seems i i'd been around her for a few months and she seemed like a good person and she seemed interested i'm glad you did that probably wouldn't hurt to go out on a date or two and just go get drink which was what we did we had a dinner and a drink date type thing. And um, good. so, 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 so that's all I was going to share and I'll pass. It's good it. practice for you. You know, that's the concept behind duty dating is going out with more people. Even if you're not sure you're that crazy about them, not in a sense to lead them on, but just to practice doing some of these tools like you did and you communicated with her, you noticed she was a little more masculine. You noticed that she had kind of an, a, offered a negative opinion when wasn't really necessary or warranted, you know? Um, so you're practicing and then that just makes it better. That just makes it easier for when you are crazy about someone, you'll just have some of those tools a little bit more readily available. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and the downside to group think, what is, when you say group think, um, are you just talking about when I refer to the gossip thing or when there's this negative, like talking down about people that happens in social circles? Is that what you need mean by that to get away from? Um, I just put a book in the chat. It's the people of the lie, but by M Scott Peck. Oh, I love M Scott Peck. I okay. Heard, right. Yeah. So he has that other famous book, which is um, the road less traveled. That's his like That's book that he's famous for. Yeah, that this was... book is great. And I think you'll get a ton out of it. And okay. it really goes into a lot about why group think tends to be so pernicious. Um, mm. And erases individuals. Mm-hmm. but it also it really i think you'll get a lot out of it because it, it it goes into a lot about what it means to live authentically and what some of the red flags are for people who are not doing that so it'll give you that like little extra edge interesting i will definitely look into that thank you so much chloe you are welcome and i'm looking forward to your module like yay I, yes you I signed up you. i signed up so i'll be there I'm, Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be right. good. Okay. Passing to okay. the next person. Baton is passed. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. And you guys know you can ask questions about other people's work as well. Okay. Sophia. Hi. Um, I was just listening to the masculine and feminine energy thing. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I I tend to be a little bit of both, but sometimes I sway more on the masculine side. And I'm realizing with um, his story that, that like I attract guys that are a little bit more feminine and it's like a perpetual cycle. Like I don't like wearing the pants, but I tend to do it. In a, right. Like, do you know if there's any ways that like I can be a little bit more feminine and like in turn attract guys who are a little bit more 
masculine. Like I keep attracting men that are like not real men. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway. Well, they're feminine. Right. I get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is something that I work with women on a lot because a lot of us over, especially as overachieving women um, have been kind of, we've gotten it kind of confused in the sense that it's like, you know, we've got to be all masculine at work and overachieving and competitive. And that was one of the benefits mm-hmm. of feminism was giving us what we still don't have it, but that equal voice at work. But unfortunately, yeah. when we bring that into our personal lives, if it's not our authentic energy, it doesn't bring us the partners that we want. And so you have to kind of switch when you when you come from the workplace into your personal life from the masculine energy into the feminine energy because as long as you're you you illustrated it exactly right with what you said as long as you're in that masculine energy and you're the controlling person you're not masculine men won't want to be with you because they don't want to compete right that's a power Mm -hmm. show control with you yeah a lot of that's how it is in my well marriage I'm (laughs) we're getting divorced but like it was always like somebody was trying to get the upper hand and it was just so toxic like that yes and so that's why that's why this complementary energy and complementary communication there's a rubric that I use for um it's called the stroke and stand and it's for conflicts the Um, stroke and stand is that a book no it's it's in my book in my first book how to live find love and keep it um, it, mm-hmm. it is that rubric of the stroke and stand. And then I will also be going into detail in it on the module, but it's a rubric and you use it in awkward situations or conflicts when you have problems so that you can make sure that you and your partner are in the complementary energy. And it's not a power struggle. Cause if it's a power struggle, then too much, you, you know, you're basically, you're not compatible, right? Mm-hmm. To be in a good relationship, you need compatibility, chemistry, and communication. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of us women kind of approach relationships like it's a job and that's misguided. Now, if you've had yeah. any kind of childhood trauma, you're not real eager to be vulnerable in relationships. And so a lot of us women who have had trauma and we've been raised to be strong and independent and not need anyone, we're very reluctant to give up any kind of control because it'll mean we'll be vulnerable. Um, but really the truth is that as long as we're trying to control the situation, we're not present for the magic of the moment. And the only way to truly control something is to wreck it. And so we don't want to do that. So when you're in that mode, which is called ego dystonic, that means when you're in the masculine energy, when it's not really serving you, it's that kind of that Wendy archetype from Peter Pan. Um, When you're in that energy, then you're not really able to experience authentic relationships because you're dystonic. So, we have to incrementally desensitize to being vulnerable, to being more feminine so that we can open ourselves up to the opportunity that maybe we'll have a partner who won't abuse us like we were abused in the past. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but that's what we have to do. Um, yeah. So what is that book called? Which book? Mine? Oh, the one you're talking about with the stroke and stand rubric. Oh, okay. Here, I'll put it in here. 
Yeah, I have, like, a problem. Like, I've tried, um, like, being vulnerable with people, and sometimes I attract narcissists when I do that. Right. So it's quite a balance. Right, right. You have to navigate. You have to, and you have to know. You have to bring a lot of awareness to that, right? So, <laughs> okay. So one of the ways, but you, but don't you know that may have happened sometimes, but that doesn't mean that's always going to happen, right? Right. And you do have to open enough up enough to give people the chance. Now, the great thing about these tools, and like especially the book that I recommended to Lee, that's a really great book for spotting red flags um, in other people. So the great thing about these tools is that you can mitigate some of the suffering with dating and relationships, but it doesn't mean they will all, it will all be eliminated. But hopefully if you make yourself vulnerable to the wrong person with these tools, you'll be aware enough to notice that and change course. Okay. Yeah. That's in the how to, how to live, find love and keep it book. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But let me give you a few tips just in terms of being fem. Are you dating yet or not? No, I don't even, <laughs> I'm like not even like interested in dating till the divorce is over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So just in terms of staying in your feminine energy, that means your feelings. So that in your personal relationships, and you can do this now, even in your relationships that aren't romantic, you could even do it with your divorce. Mm-hmm. You're going to be leading with your feelings and feelings are one word usually. So somebody, if you're saying, I feel like you're an asshole, that's not a feeling. That's a thought. So feel mm-hmm. like is usually a thought and that's just a common colloquialism, but feelings are usually like, I feel bad. I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel confident. I feel secure. I feel scared, whatever it is, it's usually one word. And a lot of us women are really out of touch with our feelings. So oftentimes with clients, we'll literally go through lists of feelings to see where we're at. Um, So you're going to be leading with your feelings and you're going to be making I statements. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Fred. You read it. Yeah. So, um, excuse me. I was just reading Brett's comment. Okay. So you're going to be leading um, with I feel statements, especially when you're in an awkward situation or a conflict. Um, you are going to be on the receiving end. Okay. So a lot of us women have trouble receiving because we're taught that we need to be independent and we need to be strong. And so, no, you don't, you don't need to help me. I told a story, I think it was last week about a woman. I saw this couple, I was driving and I saw this, I was stopped at a light and I saw this couple on a date. And the man, they were on electric scooters and the man had stopped to wait for the woman who was behind. And so the woman came up and as she's coming up, she's like, you don't need to wait for me. Just go ahead. And here's a guy who's trying to cherish this woman's feelings. Why is she screaming that? Obviously she wants him to wait for her, right? But she's embarrassed because she thinks she needs to be strong. So a lot of us women, strong women need practice receiving, okay? So make sure that you're open to receiving. If someone asks you how you are, respond graciously. You don't necessarily have to go, how are you? Right away, okay? How are you? Mm -hmm. I'm well, thank you for asking, right? Um, you can do it even when you're on the phone with like AT&T, you can say, you know, if you're calling about your bill, well, I don't feel good about that, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
So little things like that will help you um, just be aware of your feminine energy. And then the other thing I want to give you as a tool is make sure you're doing an hour of every day of just yin activity. That means something that you're doing that's just for pure pleasure, that pleasure is an end in itself. So it could be taking a nap. It could be coloring. We've talked a lot about singing in this group because singing is inherently relaxing. The exhale is longer than the inhale, you know, and, and Lee mentioned he, he likes to go to those karaoke groups. That's when he has his enjoying activity. Um, but whatever it is that you choose, my mentor, Pat Allen, she liked to strip wood. That was her little um brainless, pleasurable activity. So whatever it is, make sure you're doing at least an hour of yin activity every day. And just carving out that time is going to boost up your feminine energy. Now it's really crazy. Pay attention because as you do some of these things, you often experience a change in your physical appearance. And a lot of you guys know that's ha that happened to me when I had like a big breakthrough and finally cherished my feelings on something. I lost my muffin top overnight, which was crazy. And people were like, what'd you do? What'd you do? <laughs> I had a breakthrough, you know, in therapy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, becoming aware of your feelings and then cherishing your feelings, which means taking an action based on those feelings, you know, not discounting yourself. You know, a lot of times um, I've seen, you know, an, a couples on date where the man, the woman's clearly cold. The man takes his coat off to give to the woman. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't say that. Accept the coat. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. I notice I shut myself down. Like I, I don't allow people to help me a lot. That would be a good thing for me to start doing though. Allow help and ask for help if you need it. Mm -hmm. Particularly for masculine energy people. And then if you want, if you look at the book and you um, want more illustration of the stroke and stand, we can, we can get into that. Um, either next week or we can set an appointment, sign up for the module. But that is a really great rubric just for specific conflicts. So it's it's good to to use that when there's like a specific issue happening. Yeah. So like if I'm like unhappy, let's say like in my marriage, like I, I didn't like cooking dinner every night. I thought it was a really stressful time of day. Um, if I wanted to um, take an action based on my feelings, I would say hey uh i don't really want to cook dinner every night or like what how would okay, I, so here's uh, how it would go here's how it go you make an appointment yeah. with your husband you say hey john or whatever his name is um there's something i want to talk to you about it's about dinner hopefully today you know if if not now when you know so you get his buy-in you don't just start in with something okay you have to set an appointment. You know it's going to be a conflict. So then you have to set an appointment. Okay. Then you get to your appointment. Or, you know, you have the, have it then, whatever he says. And, you know, you start with a stroke. So you say, whatever, something that he does, masculine for you. 
that you like. So I really appreciate that you're always the one to go to the grocery store or whatever he's doing, that you earn a bunch of money and take care of us. Whatever it is that you can, you can stroke him on, you give him that stroke first. So it's like, you know, I really appreciate you. You're taking out the trash every night and doing all the dishes. That's, that means a lot to me. And it makes, you know, preferably you say, your feelings about it. It makes me happy. It makes me feel good. It relaxes me to know that you're going to be taking out the trash. Okay. Whatever it is. Um, and then he goes, Oh, God. you know, you let him respond. And obviously he's going to be liking that compliment. Um, then you're going to say, however, I don't want to make dinner every night. It just burns me out. It's a really tough time in the day. Um, what do you, th- what do you think? And now this part, you can say, what do you think we could do instead? You know, do you have an idea about that? Um, if he doesn't have an idea about that, you can then say, I have an idea about that. You, you know, do you want to hear it? Okay. Let me hear your idea. Like, you know, ideally he says, Oh, I had no idea. Let me make dinner. I'll make dinner Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You, what do you, how do you feel about Tuesday, Thursday? You go, great. You know, you're done. But if that doesn't happen and you have to, and he has no ideas, then you might say, I have an idea. Do you want to hear it? Then you say, well, what, what do you think? Right. Cause you're coming from feelings. You're asking his thoughts. What do you think about making dinner sometimes or going out to dinner, whatever it is. And then he'll either say, um, I don't care to do that. I, I married you. You have to cook dinner for me every night. That's the way it is, you know, or he'll say, I think <laughs> that's a good idea. I, that sounds fine. Let's do that. Whatever he don't go back and forth a million times, maybe go twice. Like if he says, no, that's not really going to work. Then you say, well, what do you think about maybe I cook three days a week, we go out two days or something like that. You know, maybe you give two suggestions and he's like, no, no. Okay. Then don't keep going. Cause that's what leads to a fight. Okay. You guys mm-hmm. are at an impasse. If he's not going to agree to anything, you guys are at an impasse. So then you just let him know. Okay. I hear you, but I'm, you have every right to think that or do that, whatever, but I'm not comfortable with it. And I don't know how much longer I can go on making dinner or I ultimately you've gotten to the point, right? Of I don't know how much longer I can continue being in a relationship with someone who demands I make dinner <laughs> every night, you know, whatever. Yeah. It is. But you let them know you're not shitty about it, but you just let them know what the prize and the price tag of it is. So if he were to agree, then you say, oh my God, that will make me feel so much happier. I think that will really help. I think that'll help our sex life or whatever it is that you think will be, you know, helped by that. Um, You know, you give him positive strokes, but if he doesn't respond, then you make your stand. That's the prize and the price tag. And ultimately, if Mm -hmm. men don't cherish our feelings, yes, we have to cherish them for ourselves and we have to take an action based on that. Um, Now, whether he says yes or he says no, these conversations are important to have and not to avoid because you're going to get a ton of information from that conversation. Like if he says, Sophia, I don't really care, you know, what the deal is you need to make dinner every night. Well, now you have information that he doesn't really care about your feelings, right? That's not information Mm -hmm. that he's interested in. 
but you need to know where he stands so you can make your decision about the relationship. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a foreign concept in my head. Like I've always been taught like from a young age, like, Oh, marriage, like once, once you get married, that's it. Like you have to make it work. But now, like now that I'm like getting divorced, I'm like, like next time if if a guy can't conform to my standards i'm gonna let him go <laughs> before we tie the knot well, it's always a negotiation and it's good to know what your like non-negotiables are but it's also mm-hmm. good to negotiate with somebody this is called negotiating with love yeah. so when you make your statement and you ask about the other people's thoughts or feelings not both that's what's called like that supportive languaging yeah and a lot of times we get really consumed with making our own statements so much so that we can't, we forget to ask, oh, what do you think? So try not to forget that. Is there any hope for you guys or is it over, over? Mm, I think there's like a 5% chance of it working, but uh, I just feel icky whenever I think of like the, some of the things that he did and said, like, it's just horrible. Okay. Okay. Well, you might want to just test out some of these tools on him anyway. And just see how it goes. Yeah. I'll okay. test it out. It can't it can't hurt it. Yeah. But and thank you so much for the insight. You are so welcome. You know, let me know how it goes. It will be good for yeah. you even if it doesn't help the yeah, relationship. Mm-hmm. For practice for a better man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Hey, Chloe, how's it going? Good, thank you. How can I help you? Oh, I see here. Yang energy. Okay. Right. Like, I've heard you you give that that that, that sort of advice about the, the how to promote the yin energy, but mm-hmm. you have a similar set of, like, yeah, want to promote the yang energy. Yes. Okay. So, the yang energy um, is the is the respecting your thoughts. So essentially everything's going to stem from respecting your thoughts. If you have an idea, act on it, take action. Okay. This is gang energy is the energy of taking actions. Um, and these are based on knowing what your thoughts are and taking actions based on that information. Now I've mentioned this tool before. I don't know if I've told it to you, but one of the good ways to make sure you're having a balanced day is by setting your Lyman, which is your subconscious the night before. And it's kind of like a next level agenda where you take a piece of paper, you split it in half on one side, you put your yang activities for the day. And on the other side, you put your yin activities for the day. So if you're looking to, to build up your yang side, you're going to be putting on more yang activities, right? And you're going, or maybe not more, but things that you really want to accomplish. So you're going to be putting on, you know, two hours reading or studying for the bar or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Try to be as specific as you can with times um, and length of time. So like at two o'clock for two hours, I'm going to study for the bar, for example. That would be a masculine thing because it's based on an achievement. Okay. But it could be anything. It could be, you know, I know that I've needed to um, even something simple like, you know, going to the doctor. I need to go get a checkup. So that yang energy is the energy of doing things. Um, 
so the more you can pump up your deeds, your achievements, one of the things as you heard was in terms of pumping up feminine energy is receiving help. So you're going to be somebody, if you want to pump up your masculine energy, who is giving help, you know, taking care of women and children or animals, volunteering at a shelter, doing these kinds of, you know, semi-heroic things. That's going to beef up your masculine side, holding the door, you know, giving to feminine energy people, taking care of feminine energy people, which children under, well, girls under the age of eight, boys under the age of 10, they're kind of like not fully differentiated, right? So children are included in that. My son is 10 and I can already see him like differentiating, yeah. Uh, right, he's just yeah. on the break, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so does that help you? Yeah, it does. And and what sparked the question is your answer to Sophia. And I've heard that, that, that advice about promoting the yin energy, but, and I've also heard so many people echo exactly what Sophia was saying. And I think I echo the same, which is that I, I think we're all a bit confused. Yeah. You know, between the yin and the yang and, and uh, so many people have been like, I'm starting to think that there may be like a, an innate sort of balance that we all have between the yin and the yang, but our upbringing kind of messed that up. Yes. Know? Yes. The epi-scripting <laughs> really. And, yes. And, and skewed it, you know, and, and I, I like from my own personal experience, I'm noticing that like, you know, you say that somebody has a strong yin and strong yang is, is, is kind of like alpha, but like, no, basically, I'm attracting that exactly. Also, women that have the strong yin and yang, and mm -hmm. that makes and, sense. Yeah, and then and then there's like kind of you know there's some butting of heads and you know right. all this stuff, and and it's like okay, this is not what a relationship should be. And looking back on my most successful relationships, and it was when she was very yin and i just felt very comfortable embodying all the yang that that you know like it was there was so much space for me to do that yeah and very yeah. naturally um and i think so, you're right it is really confusing for people i mean that's why i'm yeah. doing this work you know yeah. yeah 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 and and so i'm starting to like you know for the longest time it was a point of pride on me uh, uh, uh to be kind of malleable between the yin and yang but i'm starting to think you know maybe that's not such a good thing like, yeah right like if you're malleable from one situation to another adaptable well that's a that's an a that's a trauma response that's a post-abuse response you know that's right a, that that level of adaptability like yeah, yeah. now that you're a grown-up you want to be more focused on your authenticity when mm. you're a little kid you have to be really adaptable because you're at the mercy of these lunatic grown-ups sometimes yes <laughs> And if you have truly, I know I was. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the grownups in your house were truly lunatic, you know, like then then that's a problem, you know. And yeah. And actually, it, interesting that you mentioned the ten-year-old, you know, boys and that and that differentiation, because like, believe it or not, the one who kind of showed that to me was my son. Oh yeah, how so? Well my parents raved about me as a child and who I was and how I was. And I was just this exceptional, joyful, exuberant, outgoing, indomitable spirit kid. And they're like, yeah, around 12, 13, things started changing. You know, what, what happened? I'm like, well, let me tell you mom and dad what happened, you know? <laughs> 
anyways, um, but, um, you know, meeting him when he was born and when he started to, like, you know, grow up and everything, it was like meeting my own self. He was like, like, I finally understood what my parents had been talking about all those years about the type of kid. That makes sense? Yes. Yep. Yes. And, and so now as I'm watching him go into this, you know, he's 10 and he's starting to become much more. I mean, it already starts at like four or five and then progressive. And then like 11 or 12, that differentiation is fully, you know, Shazam. Right. It's, 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 you know, it's a foregone conclusion. But what I'm noticing about him is his just absolute rock solid yangness, you know? Yeah. He's also got that same sensitive side, empathetic side, that caring side. He's a complete sweetheart, but strong as hell. Right. So this but, is going to be really good for you to have these tools so that you can help guide him to balance uh, stuff out. Guide him. And, yeah. and it, it also helped me realize that, okay, my, my 12, 13-year-old experiences, right? Um. They, they did kind of skew me, you know? Right, right. I mean, when I was his age, I was in the middle of the Amazon and and just, you know, having to, like, survive and actually thrive in, in an environment like that, you know? And I did. And that takes an enormous amount of strength. And yes. And steadiness. And that was just a, a delight of an upbringing. It wasn't until later that, that things bad things started to happen. And I'm just like, I'm just like looking at that and being like, huh, okay. Maybe my innate self is not this malleable yin yang. Maybe my innate yes. self is to be more embodied, like, like yes. in my like who I was meant to be. Yes. Versus who I ended up adapting being, into. Ad adapting into, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just like, it's just something I'm thinking about. Yeah. You know? No, like, it's really interesting. I have a client, and he was telling me that when he was little his mom would always whisper in his ear don't be an asshole don't be an asshole don't be an asshole because her experiences with men were that they were assholes and so he grew up feminine right because yeah. he thought my main thing is to not be an asshole uh -huh. and so it's been a journey to find his that didn't serve him in his relationships that didn't serve him in his work and so it's been a journey to uncover his masculine side yeah and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch that emerge um yeah yeah and 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 for me it's like it's like when you list off the things about the masculine like as you just have no idea the stuff i've achieved and the capacity for like doing and all that and so it's not that it's but it's not consistent and that that's starting to bug yes well and sometimes what you know, happens it's like I'm is ponging back and forth between the yin and the yang too much and i'm like okay i'm starting to get that up yeah and sometimes what happens is is when you have an adapted persona which is not you know authentic to who you are but was just an adapted persona when that persona achieves things, they're very. It's very hard for you to integrate them because you perceive them as done by somebody else, because they were done by your persona. And so, even if you've achieved a number of things, if they were done by your persona, it's going to be harder for you to integrate and recognize them as achievements to yourself. 
Actually, that's a, that's a true statement. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't really take pride in any of these achievements. I really should. And Right. Yeah, it's one of those nuances. It's really interesting. And I love I love working with you because you, you know, you always are into going deep. So sign up for the module. I think you get a ton out of it. I know I don't do that before, but um, that's the kind of stuff that we do in there is really get into it. And just one kind of one final update, which really got me thinking even more. I mean, I was already thinking on this route, but like. You know, I told you, like, since Succubus got out of my life, I have dated two people and then finally met a third. And, and so Denise, the, the 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 most previous one, was all kind of, I, I think, used to treating romantic interest a bit as a steamroller and too many digs. And I was just like, OK, no, 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 the same. Right. Person. Sorry. And 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 she didn't respect when I set boundaries. And that, that was that was huge. Right. And, you know, so I meet this new person and, you know, she's so different from what I would normally pursue, um, but yet has some similar energies to some of the, my earlier successful relationships. And I was like, huh, and she's clearly kind of showing a, you know, there's, there's some nice conversations and some nice interactions and some nice signs there and everything. And we will, you know, exchange numbers and blah, 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 you know, kind of things are progressing. Good. Yet, yet at the same time, I'm like sitting there looking at her and going, yeah, but she still has a little bit too much masculine energy. And I'm not going to be able to vibe with that over the long haul, you know. Mm. And that's what really got me thinking, like, you know, I can't, I can't keep, keep doing this. Like, I, right. I can't keep you know, embodying a certain energy and then women are attracted to that, but it's not that. That's not authentic to who you are, what you want. Yeah. And a lot of alphas have that problem. I mean, I think Lee was expressing that maybe not this week, but like a couple of weeks ago and before was, was, you know, just these aggressive women who really making, he was not enjoying their attention, you know? Um, So yeah good for you both of you guys are becoming aware of that and then you know yeah now you can change it yeah and it's not that she's aggressive she's not showing any of that but i can just tell there's certain aspects of her that you know i don't know when it's like yeah and but it was just like all right i i need to attract somebody who just is okay i mean sometimes it's worth a few dates just to make sure you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. And, and, and like you said, practice dates. Exactly. You know, because I'm sure she'd be she'd be down for it and just kind of, you know, the, the, the way I'm handling things now is that like, what's the worst that happens? Oh, God, I make a new friend. Right, right, right. <laughs> you right. know, like yeah, you because go you've some... gotten good with some of the tools. So people you've been able to kind of let people down easy when it's not working. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. you know, you'll see. It may be that while you, you know, that if you're a little bit more masculine, if maybe her, her, she'll become a little bit more feminine, you know, sometimes that can change the balance. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, okay. Because, because that's exactly what I was kind of um, sort of describing is that when I'm with somebody who's very yin, I'm just very comfortable. And I I feel like I have all the space in the world to be as yang as I want to be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and exactly. and that that is enjoyed by her. Good, good. So okay. And so, I, yeah, I think what you're what you're basically saying is the inverse can also be true. If I'm very yang, then she may just be like, "Oh, wow, okay, yeah, I can calm that yang down. Just be yin. All right, yay." Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. You know? <laughs> and it, sometimes it's sometimes it's not even fully conscious. It's just it just kind of like slides into that, you know. Right, right, right. Okay, well, I look forward to hearing the update on that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, we're just about out of time, you guys. Um, as always, it is my pleasure to do these meetups. I love spreading the work. If you have a crisis during the week, please reach out to me either by email or through which is through my website, or you can DM me on IG. You have a number of ways to reach out to me. Um, and if not, or sign up for the module, check out the books. There's a number of ways to kind of jump in on this work. If you're interested in learning more, it really is a game changer. It really does level you up. And I think like a couple people mentioned tonight, it really helps distill some of the and clear up some of the confusion around dating and gender roles and this kind of stuff. Um, that is a lot of it is brought brought on by epi scripting or by trauma, whatever it is. Um, so you know, I encourage you guys to engage with this stuff. You know, I love teaching it to you, but I also want you guys to try some of these things because you have a different experience once you start trying some of these things. So um, do that. Let me know how it goes. And if I don't hear from you, I will see you next week. You're welcome.